This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Jifong G. Hello, welcome everyone. I go by G, my last name, just so we're clear. That's right. He is known industry-wide, countrywide by G. And uh, he is with Ylopo, but uh, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a digital marketer through and through a 15-year career in digital marketing across uh, several different verticals. I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. I grew up in China in a city called Hanzhou, which is known as like the San Diego of China, very chill area, as chill as China gets at least. Um, And I lived there until I was seven and I moved to the chilly uh, winter land of Syracuse, New York, uh, in upstate New York, uh, where my dad was getting his doctorate. And I moved all around. I went to uh, 10 different schools from kindergarten to 12th grade. So that's, wow. I call myself a research scientist brat, similar to a, a military <laughs> brat. And, uh, you know, I, I would say I spent the most time in Iowa City, Iowa. And so I consider myself a Midwesterner and I've lived the last, I went to UC Irvine, uh, you know, about a decade and a half ago, was in New York for about two years, did not love it there. And I've spent the last decade here in sunny Southern California. Love it. And what got you into the real estate industry in the beginning? Like what was your first exposure to the power of real estate? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. So I happened onto real estate by accident, I would say. So in 2009, I was looking for a startup experience here in Los Angeles. I wanted to move back. I had uh, uh, gained a considerable amount of traction in understanding digital marketing in the for purchase uh, education market. So these were like Kaplan University, uh, you know, those type of uh, universities that were for profit. It was uh, at the time, probably the pinnacle of digital marketing, performance marketing, you know, across all industries, it was very, very competitive. And so I cut my teeth there and learned a lot there. 
And I joined a uh, company with four founders called Tiger Lead Solutions, which was, uh, you know, in many ways, a predecessor to what Ylopo is today. It was a digital marketing technology platform for realtors. But, you know, the, it was also the father of the one-on-one one, one platform, right? Because back in the day, there wasn't real estate CRMs like Follow a Boss um, that were just CRMs. Uh, in order for us to build a digital marketing technology platform, we also had to build out a CRM ourselves. So we called that system an all-in-one system where we generated your leads, nurtured your leads, you know, helped to communicate with those leads and organize those leads with CRM, right? And so from that concept birthed Boomtown, Commissions Inc., Sierra, Chime, um, a lot of other companies of that kind of category. I joined Tiger Lead as a digital marketing manager and uh, was lucky enough within a year to become their VP of marketing. You know, that was the most formative experience of my life from a career perspective to see a business run in a very ethical way and a business that really recognized talent and allowed talent to shine in giving a place that was you know, allowed our ambitions to grow, but always had a safety net under us if we failed. It's really rare, I think, to find a situation like that. And um, what's interesting with Ylopo is that half our management team and what used to be all of our management team were all people who were my age in our early, mid-20s that joined Tiger Lead Solutions, grew up within the organization, and now were, you know, executives within our much larger business here at Tiger Lead. At Tiger Lead, we primarily did Google PPC marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. We managed uh, back in the day, probably about half a million to a million dollars of media a month, which made us hot shots in the Tiger, you know, in the real estate world at that time. Obviously, yeah, what year is this? What year is that? This is, this is 2010, 2009, oh. 2012. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you were you were absolutely on the leading edge, like yeah. top in the world for real estate marketing at that, oh at that level at that time. Yeah. yeah, that was the time where when Google would come and take us to the lobster and we would uh, <laughs> bow down, you know, that was when we had the personal attention. Yeah, yeah. So it was an amazing time. And we really mastered uh, understanding the relationship between how important a great home search experience is with the bid technology, ad technology component combined with home search, right? Uh, the relationship between the two, how critical. Mm-hmm. I think we were really the first ones to understand, you know, how to fit those two pieces together really powerfully. And back in the day, you know, when there was not a lot of competition in the space, we were seeing cost per leads of $6, $6.50, conversion rates of like 10 to 12% you know, insane numbers today. And we'll tell the story of how we've even evolved since then. But uh, numbers that, you know, made our clients very happy, made them a lot of money. And we had a lot of the biggest teams in the country on our platform. You know, we sold that business to Realtor.com in 2012 to Move, Move Inc., which was the owner of Realtor.com. And at the time, we had about 2,000 real estate teams on the platform. Maybe actually that's not true. Maybe fifteen hundred, I would say. Uh, maybe the highest that Tiger Lead ever got to within Move was about two thousand teams. At that time, Tiger Lead was viewed as a important component of the Move strategy because it was about providing software, not just leads to agents. 
right? And uh, so we were glove in hand fit with top producer and a number of other acquisitions that they had made. Unfortunately, uh, when News Corp purchased, uh, you know, moved and Realtor.com, they had a pivot in strategy, which is that they wanted to be a media company. And so the Tiger Lead brand was, you know, in my opinion, neglected and ultimately uh, was deprecated and sold to our biggest competitor, Commission Inc., which, uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest, is still leaves a, a bit of a sour taste in, in Howard in my mouth to see a, a company that we really loved kind of, you know, get sold and then die within three years, right? It's never a right. fun experience. But we learned a lot. And in the early days of Ylopo, we meandered a lot of different directions of what type of business we wanted to start. And where we ultimately landed was that we wanted to build an ad technology platform that could run scalable media, like hundreds of thousands of dollars of media in a fully automated way for different industries, starting with real estate, which is the industry, obviously, I knew the best at the time. Right. And so we actually became a vendor for Move for about two and a half years, maybe even three years where we were spending $700,000 plus of media on their behalf to generate leads as a vendor for the Move ecosystem because they didn't have that expertise, right? And so um, once we developed that ad tech and once Realtor.com moved on to become a media company, that was when Ylopo really became a retail business where we were targeting agents and teams to uh, use our full suite of technologies. Right. What was different at that time, as we were coming out of that period of kind of working very closely with Move and Tiger Lead and then being on our own, was that we realized that there were a lot of people in the industry doing Google pay per click marketing and doing it very well. Um, so, what, what year is this now? This is 2015. Oh, yeah. In that five years, everything changed. I mean, people were, were fully like, on board with Google and, you know, Facebook ads starting to try and like either pay for media to be ran for them, run their campaigns. Like you guys had kind of proven the model and then everyone got in, right? Everyone got in. Totally different landscape. Totally different landscape. You know, but what was interesting was that the vast majority of the media we saw in the landscape was happening on the Google side. And there was still this rep within the Facebook world that Facebook leads suck right? They're long-term, they're long-term nurture, they're back contact information, all that kind of stuff. And so we started with the premise that perhaps we could build a platform where we could make social the center of this platform, because we believed that there was an opportunity. And I know this is true for you, Jeff, obviously you've made a career of it, um, that we could generate high quality leads from Facebook and Instagram. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was not the prevailing opinion of the major portals or of teams and agents at the time. That was something we had to convince them of. Um, but it also meant that they, well, we were it, somewhat in our own lane on the Facebook side that uh, no one else was kind of doing the technology we were doing. And we were fortuitous to have two things develop within the Facebook ecosystem that became game changers from a lead generation, lead quality perspective. The first was Facebook lead ads. A Facebook lead ad, uh, just for anyone who doesn't know, is a form that instantly loads within the Facebook environment when someone clicks on it 
that extracts the contact information of the consumer into the form from their Facebook profile, including their name, email address, and phone number. And all the consumer has to do is click a couple of buttons. They don't have to type anything in and they can become a registered lead. And by and large, because consumers don't change their phone number or email address on face on their Facebook profile, the contact information of those leads were very high, right? So all of a sudden you went and solved, Facebook went and solved one of the biggest problems with Facebook leads, which is that consumers put in fake information. And they did it with by pulling the data straight out of the Facebook environment. The second major change was that they launched a product called Dynamic Ads for Real Estate. And what that product allowed consumers to do was allowed what, what uh, companies like us to do is to bring all the MLS data we had from our various clients into the Facebook environment and use different uh, metadata, use different micro-segmentation to put the right listings or group of listings in front of consumers so that they can view not just one home, but a catalog of homes that they will be interested in. And Facebook, having more data than anyone on the planet about a consumer, can make sure that if there were 100 client or, or uh, listings that a particular you know, consumer can see, what are the top five they're going to show that person that's, that's going to get them a click-through rate, right? And what was revolutionary about uh, Dynamic Ads for Real Estate was that, one, we could have an evergreen advertisement campaign right? Because listings change all the time. We never had to turn off a campaign. We would just feed it with more and more listings. And for, for those of you who are, you know, maybe more sophisticated on the advertising side on Facebook, Evergreen Campaign has a lot of advantages because the campaign self-optimizes over and over again. You're never resetting the learnings, right? So it had advantages on the new lead acquisition side, and then the second part, probably even more valuable, is on the lead nurture and read engagement side. We could take an entire database of, say, agent who had generated 10,000 leads, bring all those leads into the Facebook and Instagram environment, and use the data of what that person was looking at to now serve similar properties on their Facebook feed that they were interested in before. And the click-through rate on those leads were insane. And we were seeing that we could get a lead to essentially re-register into a new opportunity. So this was an old lead in your system that you had already purchased. We could get them to re-register onto your website again for a dollar per lead, right? So a new Facebook lead, doesn't matter how cheap it is, let's call it $3. That's pretty crappy Facebook lead by most standards it's still more expensive than the $1 you spent reviving a lead in an old database, right? Mm. And so we were really pioneers in the idea that the industry had spent so much money buying new leads, new leads, new leads, and obsessed with new leads that they had built up these large inventory of, of archive leads, essentially, that weren't doing anything for them. And so if we could bring those lead databases alive for a remarketing technology, then those have the highest probability of becoming immediate deals for the agent, right? Yeah. And then really, and I want to stop you there. Obviously. I want to stop. We've covered a ton. I mean, this has been a, already a masterclass in real estate digital marketing. And so I, I just want to stop you there and, and talk about the importance of remarketing. Yep. So in today's landscape, even 2022, when I onboard a client, I continue to reiterate the importance of the all database export because 
those are the people that you've already interacted with at some point in the past. You've already paid for those leads and they've died or, you know, been archived or whatever. And I always tell them like in the short term, everyone wants fast results, right? Yeah. Well, in the, in the short term, those are the ones that are most likely to reconvert and actually become a buyer and a seller because they already know, like, and trust you to a degree. Yeah. You're just reminding them, you're getting back in front of them. And, and so that's such a big key is that remarketing and the power of Facebook and social media to do that. Because when it comes to remarketing on Google, there's always been different levels of limitations. And moving forward with them talking about deprecating cookies um, further and really limiting the ability to even remarket based on like YouTube engagement. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how Facebook continues to do it moving on. But man, Facebook remarketing, what a game yeah. changer, right? Yeah, total game changer. I mean, you know, I don't know if we want to get into this whole iOS 14, uh, you know, and privacy thing. It, it, it might might be too inside baseball, right? But, you, you know, I, uh, the only thing I'll say is that the focus of agents today should be about collecting what's called first party data. And that is email addresses and phone numbers of consumers. Because if you get a, a, a consumer to opt in to get your messaging by email address and phone number, whether it's Google or Facebook, you can upload that data into their system. And they already have every consumer's email address and phone number. Don't kid yourself. Right. Right. And so you can match based on that and still do all the remarketing that you want to do. Now, if you don't have first party data, then you're in trouble, right? Because yeah. the privacy standards are definitely changing in such a way that, uh, you know, it mitigates the rest of the remarketing stack. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. First party data, more important than ever moving forward. And before we continue the story of, you know, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, yeah. 21, 22, yeah. and how we met as well, I want to ask you a couple of things about your entrepreneurial habits. Because, yeah. you know, with this, with this history of, you know, starting out in the university education space and taking a unique angle there and in, in a very, you know, competitive digital marketing arena, succeeding, and then going to Tiger Leads and succeeding and actually successfully exiting, and then going to Wailopo and continuing to have this track record of success. There's obviously some clues there that, yeah. that, that can help our, my listeners to just understand kind of what it takes to yeah. do something like that. And yeah. so I'm curious, what is the single most important action that you take on a daily basis that you attribute most of your success to? You know, uh, that's a good question. I don't know if I have a daily practice, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think you, you're, you're catching me maybe too young in my career to have a perspective on that. Um, I'm a a uh, podcast nerd, just like you are. And I listen to Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and they sell their daily, their daily mental routines all the time. And I don't have quite that standard. I, I will say I have a couple of philosophies or uh, pillars that I've learned over the years that I strongly believe. The first one I learned early on in the Wailopo years. So you know, what's interesting about Wailopo is when we entered the industry, it was at a time of explosive investment in prop tech. There were companies that I won't name that were raising 50, 80, $100 million that did nothing and just don't even exist anymore. And we only raised $4 million total for our business. Um, and we're a very biz big business today. And so our efficiency um, on the use of capital was 
uh, really incredible and something I'm very proud of. But it was not something that I was proud of in the early days. I would gripe to myself and to my partners all the time about how everyone else had more money than us. I can't hire the people I want to hire. I don't have the resources. Like, this is so depressing. I got to fight this fight every day when, you know, I'm outgunned and outmanned. And I was driving back from a trip to Mammoth with my wife. And I was listening to a Tim Ferriss podcast with Robert Rodriguez, who is a filmmaker, who is known as like the indie filmmaker, right? Um, he did Sin City. That was probably his biggest movie. And, and he talked about how other than Sin City and maybe a, another movie or two, he never took on a movie that had a budget over a certain small amount of money, like $10 million or $15 million. And the reason that he did that was because creativity comes from constraint. If mm. you have all of the resources in the world, you will do what is the least risky approach because you have all the resources in the world to do it. The only time you're truly creative is when you are completely constrained and you have to come up with a solution that does not exist within the resources you are given, right? That was such a profound shift in my mindset. I cannot tell wow. you. It was such a profound shift in my mindset because as soon as I got into the office the next day, I thought, you know what? This constraint I have on resources, what a blessing, right? Now I can think within an infinite box of possibilities, what can I achieve with the tools that I have? And it was really after that shift that I would say our business took off. You know, we discovered, we got lucky, we discovered certain things, we did certain things right, you know, don't want to discount the work of the team. But for me as a leader, that was a profound change, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like to share a story, if it's okay, where I can sure. relate 100% to that. So when I was growing my agency, this is probably about 2000, late 2018, early 2019, I decided to join a mastermind these guys that were closing high tickets on high ticket clients online and they're making a million dollars a month doing it. Yeah. And I said, you know, that sounds like what I want. Like I want what you have. How do I do it? So I joined this expensive mastermind and some of the things I thought I was going to learn these amazing like tactics and one-liners and these headlines and, you know, get their webinar that works and all this stuff. And really so much of it was on mindset. And one of the things that they said is pretty much exactly what you're, you're saying. They said, do contemplative thinking at least like 30 minutes to an hour a week yep. and put constraints on your current business, throw out impossible caveats. Like how do I hit my revenue goals this month without spending any money in ads? Mm. Right. And, 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 and apply constraints during that creative thinking and then write down the, the solutions that come to your mind. Yeah. Such a valuable tool, such a valuable way to think in, in terms of not like, oh, what I don't have, but what I do have and then even constraining it further. Yeah. So interesting. It really does yeah. spark that creativity of, oh, well, this, 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 this. And, and all of a sudden, all these things come to you yeah. when you're not saying, oh, woe is me. You know, I don't have enough money, resources, capital, this yeah. and that. And Tony Robbins sums it up as it's never a lack of resources, but a lack of resourcefulness. 
that yeah. that leads to companies or people failing. Yeah. Uh, and so I love that concept of constraints and it totally yeah. reminded me of this mastermind I joined. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I I really I think in many ways that as a if you're the creative driver of a startup, that is it. The heart mm-hmm. of what we're talking about is constraint, right? You know, the second thing I would say that's very interesting is I think it's very important for entrepreneurs to understand why they're starting a business. There's a lot of people that want to start businesses for reasons that I don't think are, you know, correctly thought through. Um, Probably the most common is I want to get rich, you know, (laughs) if you want to make a lot of money and you're really smart go and become an investment maker, <laughs> you know, they become a hedge fund guy, right? Like if you're smart enough, go to law school. Like there's a lot of very low risk ways for you to make a lot of money. Being an entrepreneur, I think is committing yourself to a really difficult uphill journey with a, with a tribe that you, you, you build around you, you know? And, you know, for me, one of the practices that I have And that's really, honestly, for me, obviously the money is nice, all those things. I don't want to discount it, but um, the idea that I have a tribe and the idea that I am working with people uh, on a common purpose, that we're mission driven, that's why I wake up every day. I would say that's the daily practice I have. So, you know, Jeff, you and I work together. I'd say you're in my favorites on my phone. I have about 12 people that are favorites on my phone from work. I call pretty much every one of you guys every single day, at least once, right? right? Just to check in, find out what's going on, share a piece of news, have some energy. You know, obviously if we're all in the office together, it's even better, but today that's kind of done virtually. And it, that is what gives me energy, you know, having those mm. conversations, it makes it meaningful for what I'm doing, right? Um, and I think as, a, as an only child moving around so much, you know, that desire to be a part of a tribe is very strong, right? So, you know, I think that's an example of, you know, one of the reasons why you should start a company it should not be about money or, you know, um, those things that maybe are a little too, too tangible. Yes, I couldn't agree more. That's a very strong why. And having a strong why, as they say, you'll be able to overcome any how. So having that why to build this tribe and be around like-minded people and be connecting often and be working on projects that matter and that are shaping industries and, and doing it together with, with others, you know, that's a huge, huge why. And that's a, a great reason to start a company. So I feel like that will then continue whatever happens in the future with Wilopo, you know, even on a next venture, like that same drive will continue with you. You want to yeah. be around people that are doing, doing things that are meaningful. And, yeah. and doing it together. So yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a trend or a habit or a, a way of thinking that is so yeah. separate from, oh yeah, I want to you know start a company. Like there's a ton of money in real estate. Like this and you know just looking at it like that, you know you're gonna get snuffed out in the first year because yeah. yeah. <laughs> starting a company is very hard. And even start getting a real estate license and you know starting a real estate business from scratch is hard. So yeah, um, yeah I love that. So now let's pick up the story. You know, now we're, you're in Wailopo. Yeah. You've, you've created some ad tech. You have a couple million dollars that you've, you've been able to really conservatively use to, to create some amazing products on both Google and the Facebook side. Yeah. And then why don't we kind of, kind of fast forward to like, 
you know, us meeting and then kind of catch up to today? Yeah, sure, sure. So, you know, we had the uh, combination of obviously, you know, great product market fit, but also a ton of luck that we doubled every year from 2016 through last year. So imagine that your business is 2Xing every single year. And it was such a challenge because it broke every system and process that we had that we put together every three to six months. You know, even today, we haven't solved a lot of problems uh, in client services, especially um, how we work with, with our clients, educate them on all the tools that we have. Um, those are still things that we're struggling with on a daily basis, right? I think most high growth companies do. But at the same time, it's, you know, in the real estate industry, I think what's very interesting is because most agents are geographically bound, like you're in Nashville and you're in Oregon or you're in Portland, there is a great desire for connection, but there is also a great opportunity for masterminding without feeling like you're sharing secrets with a competitor, right? And so um, it has been an absolute pleasure learning from the best of the best um, across the country. Right. So I think that's also something that really accelerated our business that we've been able to get um, some of the largest teams in the country, their director of operations, their execution people involved in product building. Now, I think the way that you and I met was, I think, 2018, would you say, or 2019? Yeah, one of those. Right. We are both uh, really active in the lab code agent community, which is, you know, largest community for realtors on social, on, on, on Facebook. Um, we love Tristan and Nick. And so we met at one of their conferences and uh, I immediately gravitated to you because uh, you were running geofencing ads all around the conference. And I would go on my Facebook and there were, there you were with your, you know, with your, your ad. And I was like, yeah. all right, this is someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and so I always had in the back of my mind that, you know, hey, perhaps there was an opportunity for us to work together. You know, I think that thought didn't really mature until maybe a year ago, right? Not even less, maybe eight, eight months ago, something like that, when we really kind of started talking about collaborating together. Yeah, maybe you can tell, tell me from your perspective, what, 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 what sparked the interest in, in finally, you know, you exploring working with us? Yeah, so... To pick up where, where you left off, I it was in a time when with Facebook ads, you could go down to one mile around a specific address. Yeah. And my thought is I'm the owner of a digital marketing agency that helps top 1% real estate brokers with you know automated lead generation and follow-up. A very similar value proposition as, as YLOPO. And I'm at Lab Code Agents Live with 200, 300 top agents from all over in you know, a couple hundred square foot space. So why not run that ad, right? And then of course, G, he's uh, he's talking to Howard like, look at this ad, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's mine. And, and it, it, you know, the conversation ensued from there. And, you know, after that, I, I remember Howard said to me, he's like, we, G and I were talking about AI and natural language processing and this and that. And Howard's like, man, we would love to have guys like you on the team, but, you know, I know you got your own thing going on. And so we just kind of left it at that and, you know, saw each other, added each other on social media. 
And then fast forward like another year, maybe 18 months even, I was on Clubhouse speaking in a room and uh, Barry Jenkins, it was like afterward, oh, hey, I remember meeting you at, Lab, at uh, Lab Code Agents Live, like, you know, Y Lopo is looking for uh, a social media innovation consultant, right? And and so that was kind of like the initial uh, role. And, and so we got in touch, uh, G and I got in touch and the prospect of having an influence on over a million dollars per month media ad spend and having, you know, the ability to test copy and do the things that I've been doing on a smaller scale and, uh, with a larger budget and larger exposure was very interesting, right? Like who doesn't want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves and to be, to have bootstrapped a company and then be recognized uh, for the work that I had done uh, was also, you know, a, not only flattering, but also something I wanted to be a part of. So uh, we, we followed that conversation started out with some social media ad consulting and you know now it's actually almost a year to date to this day like you know february march of last year you know, we started working together and what an awesome tribe you've built at ylopo right i mean i still have my agency and you've allowed me to have that but working with ylopo and just being on on this amazing journey with so many young sharp like-minded people it's been incredible, you know, something that myself and, and my small agency, like we don't have that similar level of energy and um, I don't know, just overall commitment to excellence in every area and the freedom, like you said, to explore things. But then there's like that safety net if you fail and we can then like move on to something else and we all help each other out. So the number one thing that I've really liked most like we've we've had some amazing breakthroughs last year, right? And we, we've yeah. worked on some really really cool projects and some amazing things that I think will help shape the industry moving into the 2020s. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're really doing some incredible work. But the biggest thing to me has been culture. Like having that culture uh, at at Ylopo, it's it's super rare. And I talk to a lot of of uh, other Ylopo coworkers about it all the time. So that's kind of the story of like catching us up to today. You know, yeah. now, now I'm, I'm kind of li living in both worlds where like, I have this smaller agency that, you know, we specialize in custom stuff. Like yeah. if, uh, if a big broker wants me to write a script for a YouTube ad and bring it to market, like I can do that. Right. And, yeah. and uh, you know, if, you know, instead they're like, oh, I want to run this complex Google ad campaign, this and that. In fact, I've then introduced them to Ylopo and like helped make that, that introduction because, there are certain things that Ylopo just excels at, which is the scale and the ad tech. I mean, second to none, right? Yeah. So it's it's really cool to now be um, be kind of like living in this world where I'm able to add value in both places. And hey, there's abundance all around us, right? There's yeah. a, there's plenty of of clients out there for everybody. Yeah, well said, and I really appreciate that. I I, I think. You know, culture, someone told me, which I, I forgot who I can attribute this to, but I really like is the set of spoken and unspoken rules we decide to behave toward each other. Mm. And, you know, I, I tell everyone I interview, I value three things in our cultural pillar. Um, I value respect. That's a non-negotiable. Everyone has to respect each other. Uh, the second is scrappiness. Uh, I think you embody that as well. How do we do things in the you know scrappiest fashion possible, and then scale and figure it out later? Uh, yeah. And third is vulnerability, you know. And I think that's really the difference between our business 
in a lot of other companies, um, there's no posturing. You know, we all uh, need to be vulnerable about our strengths and weaknesses, be able to have candid conversations, know we all make, make mistakes and fail forward, right? And I think when you can do that, even in a remote situation, uh, from leadership on down, it creates a very unique culture. And that that's not that's not me. That's a culture that we learned uh, Tiger League that we inherited, you know, and we were able to enforce, right? So uh, my hope is that for you, for others in our organization, and I'm sure you're going to go on to big, big, big things that you look back at the Wailopo experience say, Oh wow! You know there are, that was a formative experience around how to build culture and how to kind of create an environment that's you know really tribal, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I certainly will. You know, it, it's interesting because at no point in my life, like I was always a born entrepreneur. At no point in my life did I have a job and I was like, "Yep, this is where I belong," except for the work that I've been doing with Wailopo. Literally, the only exception in my entire life. Every other time, I was I was thinking all right, you know, I'm building up and I'll add value while I'm here, but what's next, right? And it's actually, you know, quite the opposite with Ylopo. In fact, over the consulting agreement, I increased my time commitment yeah. to, to Ylopo, right? And yeah. that's just a testament to how I feel about everything that is going on in my experience there. So, you know, couldn't, can't say enough about Ylopo and uh, the team and everything that we have going on. So what I want to now focus on with, with our time remaining is the future of the industry. You know, you have the unique insight to be able to look at millions of dollars of ad spend per month that are driving thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of leads across all aspects of, you know, all all markets in the nation. And even AI conversation training, trends in lead conversion and, and different website platforms on social media, off social media, landing pages, lead, like there's so much going on that you get exposure to that, that very few people in the world have that level of exposure. Yeah. And you're also developing technology to help agents stay on the cutting edge and yeah. compete with iBuyers and portals. Yeah. So I'm very curious on your projections for the next five, 10 years, you know, like will the real estate transaction be mostly automated by 2030? Like yeah. where, where do you think this is going in, you know, in the 2020s? Yeah. I would say I don't feel qualified to opine on the industry as a whole. You know, I I feel like I can speak to the digital marketing component to it, uh, but there's a lot of change happening to the industry for sure. Um, If you talk to different, you know, experts, they will have different, you know, uh, kind of opinions on things. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't feel confident as you know, a digital marketer speaking to uh, something that maybe a CEO of Sotheby's or KW or whatever could speak sure. to. That being said, I would say on the digital marketing side, Zillow and Realtor have won. And the way that they have won is they have replaced the concept of generating a lead with the concept of giving you an appointment. Mm. Agents do not care about leads anymore. They don't want to follow up with 100 people in order to close one deal right? They want to get 10 phone calls and have one of those phone calls or two of those phone calls turn into people who want to buy houses and then go out and sell those houses. And what Zillow and Realtor have proven is that they can charge an exorbitant price, 35% of your commission now could be 50% in the next couple of years in order to create those teed up opportunities 
because agents just don't want leads anymore. They don't want to grind out the effort of producing results from having a very big funnel and then bring that funnel down, right? Yep. And so at the same time, if you are not Zillow or Realtor.com, the leads that you produce are still leads. They're all contact information of consumers who didn't raise their hand and say, I want to talk to a consumer. And so I think the challenge for the non-Zillow Realtor ecosystem of tomorrow, which is the ecosystem that you and I live in, is how do we take these classically generated leads that we have produced for decades and now turn them into appointments? And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but this is where you and I have been doing a ton of work and research into where we're now running ads where our main to call to action isn't fill out a form anymore. It's call us. You know, you want a showing on a property, it's going to sell in six days. Call us right now, right? Mm -hmm. And that requires us to not only generate the advertisement in a lot of sophisticated ways that we won't get into today, but it also requires having a really good call center. Right? right. So Wilopo actually spent a year developing call center technology, you know, over 2021 coming into 2022, because we had to generate phone calls coming in into our system that we can turn into appointments for agents. Right. Yep. And that trend is, I think, going to accelerate, meaning that there's going to be plenty of people who want to leave the Zillow and Realtor.com world for the obvious reasons, which is they're not making money. All of the profit is going to Zillow and Realtor.com. But the alternative they want to find is going to be one where they also get appointments. And so this is where I would say why Lopo is spending the, the most amount of resources today trying to figure out, which is how do we move away from a model of uh, teeing up these leads with low probability of closing and then coming back to you with a very small subset of opportunities that are already set up appointments for you. Right. Would you agree with that? Is that, is that, do, are you thinking the similar vein? I am. And I love how the way that you described it, uh, realtors and mortgage loan officers, they, they no longer want the top of funnel hundred. Yeah. They want the middle or the bottom funnel 10. And then, of course, the closing, which is the one with the one to two percent conversion rate uh, being assumed on a digital marketing lead, which is is pretty standard, right? And yeah. so, they want to be removed from that top of funnel portion, and rightfully so. I always thought that was a better, more elegant model. Anyway, you know, my my background in direct sales, working for Cutco as an eighteen year old, I hated the follow up. The yep. follow-up is the worst part. Man, you, you got to, you know, keep all these detailed notes and these conversation notes, left message, this and that, and, and do all this tedious work to just get the appointment. And then once you have the appointment, awesome. Well, now I know my numbers. Now I know that, you know, nine out of 10 are going to show, six out of 10 are going to close, right? Like you just, then you can break down all your metrics, but the call to set ratio and that work is the hardest part and the most grueling part as a sales representative to do successfully. And so, you know, for a while I've been thinking about how to take that off the agent's plate, how to bring that in house, you know, with my agency and, and on that same token, like the agent will pay more for a qualified prospect rather than a top of funnel lead. Yeah. So hundred percent is where it's going. And gosh, talk about meaningful work. The, the, what, what I talked about earlier of like 
the work that we're doing at Wailopa together, you know, with this inbound call thing, I mean, it's really going to reshape how, especially social media ads uh, are, are purchased in, in real estate. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Like the early results. Yeah. I can't wait to bring this stuff out to industry. And that's, Hey, you know, that's the fun part of the job, right? Every, you know, you, you and I in the organization, I think have one of the most fun jobs <laughs> we yeah. get to create, right? That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really do think we're onto some things that are industry changing, but I'll say one last thing about what the, the follow-up uh, of yeah. the appointments concept is that while we are creating appointment opportunities for agents, we are doing so with the agent's brand. This is not yes. happening with Zillow. This is not happening That's with Realtor, right? It's important. your brand on the advertisement. Right. And so the sense of we're a technology provider. I think if you, if you talked to Howard and I and said, what is the mission of YLOPO? It is to arm the, the tech enabled agent with the tools to combat against the big guys. That's what we're trying to do. Right. And so all of the things that we mentioned here, yes, we want to generate more appointments for you, better leads, all that kind of stuff, but it's all going to be owned by you. Right? right. That's the difference. And that's the future of what we think a tech enabled agent will be all about. Yep. Couldn't agree more. My focus on branding since the beginning, I, I offered sales consulting for a branding company right out of college at, at 23. And through that, I had to learn their branding process. And that's my, my origin in branding. And I, I just now know that like, oh my gosh, branding is so important. Here's how you build it over time. Got to be consistent from day one. And so actually from day one with my agency, that's been the focus is like, we're not going to build this database of leads for Orange County and sell them to you and sell them to this agent and sell them to that agent. We're going to install a system in your business branded to you. Yeah. And like, that's where the traffic's going to come through so that from the first impression, they see your brand, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's always been a focus. I think 100%, that's going nowhere. That's even more yeah. important nowadays. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, hit the nail on the head. Awesome. So is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to expand upon from earlier? I'd say the only other piece of advice I would give to fellow entrepreneurs is to have a consistent perspective of self-growth. You know, the day in the industry, because of the amount of innovation I do, right? A lot of people give me false credit for being a genius. And I hate that word when someone says, says that to me, because I think of a genius as someone who is at the top of their craft and can no, not grow anymore. You know, mm. that's not me, right? I don't know anything about a lot of different things. And so every single day I am looking to improve. And that's why I listen to every podcast. I read books, you know, I, I watch different programs because I want to be learning and growing every single day. Right. So even if you're at the, what you feel is at a plateau for yourself, you've achieved a level of comfort. You, you know, um, are happy with your life having a perspective of self-growth, I think that's a commonality that every successful entrepreneur would tell you is true. I agree. So there's two big cognitive dips in most people's life. And that is after they finish school and when they retire. For me, I just took off with my cognitive you know, level of everyday learning after I finished school. Because as an 18-year-old, I realized through Cutco, uh, once again, like huge credit to them, 
they made me believe that through personal development, I would then become a more valuable person and then I would make more money, right? I'd be more successful by who I became and the value that I brought to the world. They, I bought into that belief. And so once I kind of finished learning like what everyone was telling me to learn, now I had all this time to learn what I wanted to learn. And from that, after year after year after year of books and podcasts and masterminds and just continuing to invest, continuing to invest, continuing to invest, you know, now I'm who I am today. And to your point, it's not where I'm at the peak of my game and, you know, I, I'm good to go. Like, I'm just going to stop because I feel like that is the most dangerous yeah. thought. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sell a company and then retire. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, you, if, if you, I you came in there, you were, you were there, you were at the top of the mountain, right? Right. You think you're at the top of the mountain, there's only one way to go and that's down. Right, exactly, exactly. So uh, instead, if you're going to, you know, exit and have $100 million in the bank, now you can go focus on, you know, passion projects or what, you, you know, some true, like meaningful world shifting work that you've wanted to do. And that is a different shift as opposed to like, yeah, I'm going to go sit on a beach, right? And like, just retire, shut it off. There's yeah. a reason why people oftentimes, if they work till they're 65 and retire, Unfortunately, they pass away within two or three years because yeah. now they're not engaged. They don't have a purpose. They don't have anything they're working on, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's super important to your point to always continue learning, always have that insatiable appetite for growth. So great point. And uh, lastly, how can our listeners contact you? Well, if you are interested in learning more about Ylopo, I would say go to ylopo.com and uh, request a demo. It's really easy, five second process. You know, I don't know how many listeners you have, Jeff, but I will give out my personal email and uh, hopefully I don't get bombarded because I did it. I did this on a webinar, you know, two weeks ago and I got like a hundred emails. But if you did want to contact me personally, my email is ge at ylopo.com. There you go. G from Ylopo. Really awesome having you on. I appreciate us connecting about digital marketing, everything in real estate property technology, all the things that we have going on together, all the visions that we have for the future. I mean, it's uh, really exciting and great to, to be uh, working with you on a daily basis. So thank you so much for joining me. Here, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.